Hello and welcome to a Friday the 13th edition of Aussie Tells All. This is episode 106. Welcome, Ben. Talk about some murder tonight. Hi. Hello, hello. How's your night going so far? Uh, good. Uh, but the, uh, that kind of weird little background noise is back now, I notice. Yeah, I'm not sure what the issue that, that is, but I guess we'll, we'll go with whatever we, ha- we have here. Uh, All right, so um, let's just start out by having you recap what we, we, we did last month, and then we'll go from there, and then I'll go with mine. All right, well, I'll just just recap mine. Mine was about uh, Adolfo Casanzo, the uh, narco serial killer, black magician, who sacrificed uh, around 15 people that are known for sure and buried them with wires stuck in their spines for later removal so we could wear their spines around. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff with him. Right. This is back in the 80s, and he had a pretty incredible mullet. <laughs> yes, he did. And he was just a, a brute and a savage, and really, I'm I'm shocked there's there isn't a movie about him. There's there's sort of one called Borderlands, which I still haven't been able to find, hmm. but that's loosely based on it. I don't know. I'll report back when okay. when I get to see it. So there's not really a whole lot out there based on his murders. Then basically, you're saying. Well, there's a decent number of podcasts about it. Yeah, but... yeah. No movies though, or. Or huge docs on it? No. Well, there's a few. There's a few documentaries. He's, he's that are available on Netflix. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, as I was saying, um, you'll have someone else from Mexico late, later on the podcast. Um, yes. And I'm doing two from well, one from U.S. and one one from 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 the U.K. and Scotland. In Scotland, Ireland uh, area. So we'll start with um, the UK. This is Robert Black. Um, he was born um, April 21st, 1947 in Scotland. He was a serial killer, uh, obviously, uh, in the UK, uh, who murdered kids between the ages of five and 11 years old included kidnapping rape and sexual assault and also he was a pedophile as well so he had a little side business as well so rape gathered yeah yeah so this guy is a not the greatest human being um besides the killing then the kid thing is just a whole lot worse you know he probably had a charming accent though I'm I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Um, Now, these murders occurred, happened between the years of 1981 and 1986, so a five-year period here of these murders. The documentary that I watched on YouTube began with a chilling quote that says... uh, he was a parent's worst nightmare. He was a monster. That is not what we want to hear. <laughs> so we started a documentary. 
that's that's for looking for that what's that unless you're looking for that which you sort of are yeah i mean for a good story yeah but i mean as far as the families and so forth they're out there in that area not a great thing to have happen in that in that time in that frame anyway um now after he killed the killed the killed the children um he would dump the dump the bodies um in various locations across the united across the uk all across the uk in uh ditches or in ravines or rivers or whatever he had available to him um the first victim was nine-year-old jennifer cordy who was sexually um, assaulted and murdered on August 12th, 1981, uh, she was biking home from uh, biking home from school. Never made it made it made it back home. Made it back home. Um, her bike was found less than a mile from her home. Uh, body was found 25 miles away in an in a in a reservoir. And they didn't know. Oh, didn't know his mom. Uh, actually, uh, his mom didn't know the name of the, of his dad. Oh, I'm sorry. So um, now it's going back to his childhood. Now his childhood. Now. Um, okay. So he didn't know the name of his dad, and his mom was uh, basically she 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 died also. Recently you know, really early on. Mm. So he was fostered in the Scotland Hills. And as I was saying earlier, lost his father, foster father at age, age five. His mom died at age 11. His foster mom, the foster mom died at age 11. So within a six year period, his foster mom and dad died. So it could be a huge toll on someone's life, you know. He's losing all kinds of parents. Oh, yeah. Um. Now, the doctor, the doctor said he did not know his actual mom, but his dad died. His dad and his dad didn't even know his dad's name. So, so he he didn't know both of his parents. I'm not sure if they died or what happened, or they just left him left him somewhere. I'm not sure what happened there, but um, they didn't die, or they, they died, but they died. I'm not sure when they died, but no, they weren't there around anyway for him. Um, and didn't have any friends also. No. Friends weren't weren't very far weren't very many, as well. And as a child, he he wished he was a girl, and would put would wear clothes girls' clothes also as for fashion shows and so forth for himself. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. He just came up with he just came up with that himself. It's not like with the. Uh... Charles Manson or Henry or Lucas were those kind of mom's influence dressing him up. He just <laughs> he, thought, he thought of it himself. Yeah, it's, it's his, his idea. He wanted to be he wanted to be a girl. He didn't want want to be a boy, you know. So he wanted to be a girl. So put on some clothes, and uh, I guess that's what he wanted to do for for a bit. Okay, well, uh, I guess this goes badly eventually. <laughs> How old is he when this is happening? When he's when he's uh, deciding this, or like age eleven? Okay, and is he is he dressing up or is he just thinking about it a lot? He's dressing up. For, there's photos on the documentary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm guessing he's not dressing up and going to school. So this is just a little private thing. It's just in his in his home. Yeah, in his house. He has a dress on and all this other stuff. You know, makeup, all that. You know, he went all out. But he's I think he's straight though. I think since he was gay or anything like that in the documentary. So I'm pretty sure he's straight. But I just wanted to wear you no know, clothes of girls. I guess good dress and makeup. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. In the well, night. Too bad so far. But... So so far. <laughs> uh, let's see. In the 1960s, uh, he was placed in an all-boys home. And this is where it gets bad. Mm. This is where it's not going to go well for him. Um, they are not going to appreciate his, his dress-up fancies. <laughs> that, that wasn't really mentioned in the documentary. I don't think he dressed in, in the all-boys home, I don't, I don't believe. Um, but he did attempt to rape a girl... And he was mm. on his way to like a crime while he was in the all boys uh, home. Um, he was abused by some elder in this all boys home. Um, and apparently he then apparently also himself, he abused 30 to 40 children in the in all in the all boys home and was never reported. That's remarkable. Yeah. And what's even worse is it's kind of strange in the UK, whatever whatever it is, but they're the guy who they abused him after after um he was released out of the all boys home, uh the guy who abused him asked him to, to recommend someone else for him to abuse. So it was very bizarre and I guess they knew about it and they just didn't report it to anybody I assume there are some adults in this all boys home oh, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah the adults the one who, who, who abused him first yeah oh it wasn't it was one of the people that was in charge yeah uh, okay. and after he was released he the guy who abused him um, recommend, asked him to recommend s- s- someone else to be abused by, by them. So it was uh, um, that, huh. very disturbing. Like, like, really, you just wanted a recommendation. Like, who do you really dislike? Or yeah, pretty who? much. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, it's shady business down over in Scotland, Scotland area, London area. You know, of Scotland. Yeah, Scotland. There you go. Then he moved over to London, where he would get a job as a driver in a van to, to deliver posters. Oh God, he's got a van. Get that in mind. Oh, no. Get that in mind. He has a van. Oh. He has a van. He has a van. Ah, <sighs> yeah. Now, as he was as he was in this all boys home, I'm not sure how he got to this girl, but. The attempted rape of the seven-year-old girl, uh, he was he was admonished, but not re- charged for the uh, not charged. Um, then mo- then moved to London. So he was like, "Oh, how dare you!" A good harsh admonishment good, for attempted rape. Good admonishment of a seven-year-old. Um, 
yeah, very sickening, you know, news to hear, but um, I'm not sure why they'd even, I'm not sure why that was, I'm not sure why he wasn't charged for rape of a, of a, of a minor. Well, he would have been a juvenile anyway, so they barely would have done anything to him even if he was. Oh, is that, is that so? Yeah, that's true, I well, guess. He was in the boys' home, so I yeah. assume he's under 18. Yeah, teenager. Yeah. But we fast forward to 22 years later or so. Um, this is July 30th, 1982. 11-year-old Susan Maxwell was, was killed walking home from a tennis match. Um, a, ma- a massive police hunt for Susan Maxwell was on. Uh, two weeks, two weeks went by, no body was found, but finally they found the body 264 miles where she was taken from where she was taken. Mm. So over two weeks or so, but it's a long search to find her body. It's a long, it's like a long ways to go to hide, hide a body. If you ask me. It's a long quite, trip. Yeah, road trip. Yeah, long road trip. That's almost. That's like. It's like, are we there yet? Yeah. Well, he didn't ask her because she was already dead. But. Um, Do we know that for sure? Yeah, yeah. He admits all this. Yeah. Um. But let's see here. Uh. Actually, you know what? I don't know about that part, though. I don't know if she was alive for for how long she was alive. I'm not sure how long she was alive for until she got, you know. One thing we can really know for sure is that was just a terrible joke. Really, shame on me. Yes, um, we 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 apologize. It's not not funny um, at all. But uh, we 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 apologize. Um, and right, but so. yes, exactly, exactly. Um, now. So that was from that's from July July of eighty two. Now a year later, July nineteen July eighth eighty three, five year old five year old Caroline Hogg was abducted from her home. No, sorry, from a, a local fair. Sorry, a local fair mm-hmm. where she where she she was playing. You know, at the fair, mm-hmm. and then ten days later. Her body was found naked, and she was also sexually assaulted. Body found 300 miles away from the park where she was captured in a ditch. So he goes a long ways away to hide the evidence, you know. Really abusing that van. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, Now, his acquaintances stopped coming around because... oh. I'll say this. I'll, I'll part actually. I'll part out actually, which is very important to, to say. He he lived in very cheap housing in London, mm-hmm. and where there was a lot of access to kids around him. So this next thing, I, so this, this, this next thing is very important. What I'm going to say here. So, uh, so his acquaintances in in the housing he lived in um, stopped coming around because they were very quote uncomfortable with him around their children um but he was never reported to the police 
So they had suspicions of, you know, him doing, having thoughts or actions or whatnot to their children. But never reported him to the police, though. I'm not sure why, but, you know, that's... Can't just go to the... It's be pretty thin for the police to go on. It's like, this guy gives me the creeps. Well, I don't really. They they didn't really say if he if if they if he did something that if, he, if they did something to the children or, or or if it was just like they didn't have a good feeling about the guy. I'm not sure what it was, but something about him didn't wasn't sitting right, you know. Well, but, yeah. And if there was a missing kid on the news, then they could go to the police. Like, yeah, look at this guy. He's yeah, crazy. absolutely, absolutely. Um, now he would take pictures, pol- Polaroids of children in secret from his van. Hmm. Um, now, the doc I watched, they had um, an ongoing re- reenactment of this guy and everything. So it made it, it, made, it, made it much more, you know, made it much more creepy than it, than it had to be, but it was very creepy with him in his van. He had, the, the, they had the van, then they had a curtain over the windows and stuff. Mm-hmm. He pulls the curtain up and pulls the then he pulls the camera out. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you got Polaroids and you got a van. That's that's really enough in in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. So, um, three years later, so he he had a few a, a, a couple years of hiatus. You know, he's like, I'll wait three years, mm. and then in London, March twenty. 20- Sixth, nineteen eighty-six. Ten-year-old Sarah Harper went missing after she left a loaf of bread at the corner. She was kidnapped, sexually assaulted, um, then murdered. Bo- then the murdered body was found eight months later. Um, police spent months looking at blocks at block or yeah sorry oh yeah so the, the police suspected this guy eventually and they spent months looking at block at his delivery drop-offs all you know records at his at his work and so forth mm-hmm. because because he delivers posters and so forth posters that's what he did as a, as a living poster delivery posters yeah Delivery of posters, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, what a coincidence this is. All four murders can place him at all four low at all four spots where the gr- girls were all taken. So he wasn't working at at that time. I'm sorry, he he was working, but he got at those spots. You know, that's where his drop off spots were. You know. So they found that he was yes, this guy was definitely in all areas of all these areas on these dates. Yes, it all checks out. But then this new technology called Holmes H O L M E S. Huh. Uh, um, this is in the UK back in the eighties or nineties. I think it's early nineties. Um, but called Holmes found a black or sorry. Um, found a match from him in a different system. So he wasn't 
so he wasn't actually in any criminal system at all, but they found him in different in a different one. They found this technology. Okay. They found. So this is. So this is like a, back in a search tool. Yeah, it's like a back in back in nineteen ninety. Isn't like in ninety, but um, like it's like a cross a cross reference tool on DNA and so forth. And they finally found this guy's um, name and and so yeah, he was definitely one of the systems they found. So that was the big break in the whole thing with this system. Then that is in this this system actually found um, a guy that did a murder from eighty one. They found him and they got him you know, got him booked up because he kind of murdered Randy one. So it was a pretty nice tool they had back in 90. And now it's much more advanced now, you know, obviously. What's that? It's a, so it's, uh, involves DNA somehow. I, I, it was very vague, but I, I believe so. Yes. But I, but I believe so. Um, now, Police searched his home, found mass amounts of child pornography, mm-hmm. uh, children children Polaroids, um, and he found children's clothing inside his van as well. Huh. So, all these pointing to uh, him being the guy, you know. Um, obviously, and what's that? I would say well. Yeah, enough to convict in itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then, so before I say this next part, so his last his last murder was nineteen eighty six. So on. He was arrested on July fourteenth, nineteen ninety. So four years after his last murder, they they found the guy mm. um, and got him arrested. With now, okay. yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with the Holmes, um, a local man mowing his lawn saw a van. No. The documentary was, I'm not sure why that is, but the documentary was actually a little out of order. I'm not sure why this is, but that's why I have my notes a little, a little out of order, but I apologize. But so a local man m- mowing his lawn saw a van stop, talk to a girl who, 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 uh, who, who vanished from the back of the van. So he called the police. The van was, speed- was speeding away the wrong direction police found the van with, with the girl bound and gagged inside, inside a sleeping bag so they found her alive you know so at that so so that's why they they you know they so they found so they got him on a small on the on the kidnapping charge before apparently too mm-hmm. but they never like said this guy might be the other guy that did all these other murders too. So it was very not smart by the police. They didn't know it was like all connected into all those murders, you know, all those murders they had. Mm. Yeah, it is. Cause it's all the same stuff, you know, I hope this isn't Scotland yard. Cause they have kind of a rip. Oh, this isn't, this isn't London. This is in London. 
Oh wait. Oh, oh yeah. This is in London, so I'm not sure who it was, but I don't think it, I'm not sure who it was. I didn't really say, but um, so he did plead guilt, guilty to attempted abduction of a little girl. So he's like, I'll take that charge. Sure, why not? But then, um, yeah, yeah. But then in August, so a year later, August 1990, they found his signature on on a delivery receipt on the same day Caroline Hogg disappeared, which was the key to the case. So they found a signature um, the same day that Kellen Hogg Hog was disappeared, we're, 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 we're doing his deliveries and so forth. So they found that um, he was found guilty, obviously, uh, to four mur- to three murders and kidnapping, preventing the burial of a lawful body. Uh, Ten charges all all together, um, and in two thousand eleven was found guilty of a fourth victim, which I told, told you before, that was the person that I told you about was the Jennifer Cordy. That, that that came out that came out way, way, way later, but I told that in the beginning of the pocket of the story. But two thousand eleven they found guilty of that murder, whom I spoke to earlier, who ended up being the first victim from nineteen seventy eight. Um now He's also believed to be a suspect in several other murders as well, surprisingly. I would and suspect. what's that? Yeah, I would I would suspect him. I'm surprised that these police thought of it though. Yeah. I know, right? Um and then when the verdict was read, he's guilty, he looked at the cops in the courtroom and said well done, boys. <laughs> and was sentenced to to life and minimum thirty five years minimum. minimum. Wait, and the judge said a minimum of thirty five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, minimum, I guess, is the minimum sentence you can get. But um, he died of a heart attack. In prison at age 68. Um, so he died probably 20 something years in there. So, well, because he was uh, born in 47 and uh, 60. So maybe I'm not sure when you know how, how long he was in there for, but maybe not long. I don't, I don't know. Because 1990, so it's 50-something, 50, 50, 50 years. Hmm. I don't know. But that's the story of Robert Black. So Now, was it was this the documentary that uh, you found so troubling, or was it the other Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, okay, no. no that, was the grand, that one was the finale. Okay. That's the finale. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, so your thoughts overall and thoughts on that, on the Robert Black? An, an unknown serial killer. Whatever, uh, what happened to his interest in uh, in dresses and dressing up? Um, that wasn't really touched on much besides that one point in, in his childhood, so I'm guessing it didn't go very far, is my guess. Because that's kind of the only, 
insight we have here into his 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 inner world mm -hmm. really into yeah because uh having your parents die is pretty bad and all but really it's uh certainly better than having your parents uh, abuse you horribly which is more typically the case with the uh, yeah system. i yeah i think the whole turning point was when he went to the all boys home and that's when it all turned around for him well, uh, yeah. okay well yeah that that gets him too doesn't it the the boys home they're rough yeah albert fish didn't enjoy his or maybe no it in weird pervy way but yeah yeah okay <laughs> All right, now let's go on to your your um, person and see how that how, how how that one goes. Well, I mean, it goes pretty much the way they all go. But, right, 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 right. But there's there's some interesting uh, details that make it stand out. There's this is kind of ancient history. Okay. And uh, there wasn't as much information as I as I would have liked. Yeah. Every source I looked at, kind of just repeating this uh, the same basic facts, which I will go over. Okay. Now, before we go, go into that, go into that. Talked on the phone earlier, um, for recorded the podcast. You said you want to do a crush, uh, crush the corner for Adolfo, real quick. You said. Yes. So Adolfo, as I said, was the uh, the evil narco magician cultist. Uh huh. Sac did blood sacrifices and uh on on humans obviously oh yes yeah well animals <laughs> but uh that's not yeah. too remarkable right right yeah, he killed uh s around 15 for sure people yeah before adolfo decades before there was dun 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 <laughs> Solus, mm. aka the High Priestess of Blood. Oh wow, sounds dangerous. Yes, it does, and I think we can all agree that's an awesome title. Nickname. Oh yeah, absolutely. She was born in sometime in the 1930s. Had a unstable family, or Perhaps it was a stable family because her very hmm. older, Elizor, mm -hmm. E-L-E-A-Z-O-R, was her pimp. So, Her pimp, you said? Yes. Oh, okay. And she was a child prostitute. Oh, man. Exactly how young she was when she got into it, but let's just say young. Yeah. But, well, I just jumped right into it because I said her name and stuff. But, sure. let's set the scene. Yep. Let's go to 1963. Okay. And in the, the I'm guessing, vast Mexican desert, we're in the, uh, let's see, I think, this, I believe this is a, in southern Mexico. Near a town called Yerba Buena. Hmm. Yerba Buena. Yeah. It's Whatever. night. And there is a boy. And the boy's name is Sebastian okay. Guerrero. 
and he's 14 years old. Mm. He's doing whatever out there at night. Yeah. Something from a cave. He's uh, There's some mountains near where he is and some caves. And I'm guessing this is very noticeable, but there's light coming out of one of the caves. Uh, firelight, I assume. Yeah. He goes and investigates and I picture him kind of crawling up to some kind of viewing position near the cave entrance or close to it someplace crawling on his on his elbows sneaking up and I, I picture this as being very much like the opening scene from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Do you yeah. recall? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. But instead of a golden crucifix mm-hmm. he encounters an orgy oh don't know how how, how big a one i mean yeah. it was a, a large one with dozens of participants oh jesus <laughs> and in addition to the orgy there's i guess some sort of violence happening because he's very freaked out and runs allegedly 17 miles or 25 kilometers mm-hmm. to uh, Vila, Vila Gran. Which is this is, the pimp running away? No, no, no. We're back in, no, we're, we've moved forward to 1963. This is uh, the boy Sebastian Guerrero, who oh. is an important part of the story. Okay. He is not the brother of uh, Magdalena. So, Got, gotcha. Okay. Freaked out by something because keep in mind he's 14 years old so right his instincts are probably telling him to stay and watch the orgy but he doesn't <laughs> yeah all the way to where the nearest police station is filigran mm-hmm. and keeping with the this thing being a little bit like the opening of the last crusade they kind of poo poo or uh poo poo him Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, when he gets there, he's like, "Oh, you wacky kids with your stories about blood orgy, right? Um, yeah, they're not too seriously. Sure. And he's very tired, I'm guessing. So he crashes for the night, and in the morning, Officer Officer Martinez mm. agrees to check this out for him, kind of humoring him. Uh, and probably just giving him a ride back to his village. Right. And I don't know if he was actually living in Yerba Buena or not. I'm guessing not because, uh, well, we'll find out later. But anyway, so kid is uh, actually pretty brave because he go- he goes back to where to where he witnessed this thing and fade to black. So mm. to the past. There's Magdalena with her brother pimping her out. She's living in. So wait, her brother. Her brother is the one who's having her having her hook up with the other men, basically. Yes. Okay. okay gotcha. Yeah, he is. Uh, I uh, again, this is some something with uh, not a great deal of detail. I yeah, it's un- if he was like absolutely forcing her to do this, or if mm-hmm. he was looking out for her, make sure she was not abused by her clients or what exactly it's okay. Or the latter because 
later she will have a chance to uh, flip it on him and take her revenge, and she does oh. not. Oh, okay. So uh, apparently they have some sort of positive relationship. Yeah. Some way. Maybe <laughs> So that's what they're doing in Monterey, Mexico. Okay. Meanwhile, the other major players in this, the Hernandez brothers, mm. Santos and Catamo. Uh, Let's just say the Hernandez one of Santos. Yeah. They are not a lot of details about them or what they're what they're about. They. Uh, Maybe petty crooks or petty thugs or petty grifters or con men mm-hmm. or combination of all these things. They're Oops. petty. Petty. They're, they're, yeah. they're small, small so, crime. Small crime. Yeah. And appropriately, they go to a small town to ply their wares, which is a pretty bold con. Mm. Yeah. They go to this town. They find this town of Yerba Buena and their game is they introduce themselves as some kind of exiled or former Incan <laughs> gods. Oh my god. Which is a ballsy claim because I don't know. Yeah. But I'm guessing they look like I'm a god. Mexican oh my dude. God. That's hilarious. Okay. It is. And what's more hilarious, less yeah. hilarious, tragic, sad. Is it the people actually believe them? Oh, they believe what? them? They did. And this is, by the way, Yerba Buena is a very small uh, town. It's less than 75 people live there. Oh, oh that's small, huh? Very small. Okay. And uh, I'm apparently quite remote because it's 17 miles to the nearest police station. Wow. So they go there and they tell them this and the people roll with it. They go along with it. They believe it, apparently. And the explanation given by every source I've seen is that everyone there is illiterate. Mm. All right. I guess. Yeah, that certainly doesn't help. And I am assuming that everyone's illiterate and poor is the the reason given yeah we also have no tvs in addition to having no books right so, this, is the, this is in the 60s right 63 you said 196 yes 1963 okay it's all happens in a, a fairly small amount of time mm. okay yeah i said we went back well we didn't really go back that far because the, the earlier thing I was talking about with the teenage kid, that was yeah. like May of 1963. So right. they're telling these people that they're Incan gods. And so what's their angle? Uh, these people are very poor. They don't really have any yeah. stuff, any gold, any money to give them. Right. But what they do have is their daughters and their bodies, which is apparently... Oh. Fernandez brothers because they Uh-oh. basically just start taking sex slaves, well, willing sex slaves, <laughs> and that's what they're getting out of it. Yeah. And what the town is getting in exchange is the promise that these oh god Incan gods are going to give them fine for them 
a bunch of treasure from the mountains nearby. Oh, sure, sure. So, yeah, so um, if I find a treasure, I'm not going to give it to you. I'll probably find it for myself. And, uh, just oh, saying. Yeah. Just saying. That if the Hernandez brothers had somehow found any treasure, they would not share it with with anybody. Because they're gods. Well. <laughs> and they're thieves. Yeah. Or if they were just guys, they would also not share it. Right, right, right. Yeah, gods and humans, both not trustworthy. Yeah. But eventually, uh, people get kind of, people notice that the, the Incan gods are not coming up with this treasure. Oh, really? What? Yes. yes. <laughs> Shocker. You know, orgies or rapes that the, the populace had to put up with before they started noticing this. But instead of just moving along, which is kind of what I would expect the Hernandez brothers to do, they really like what they have going on and they decide they want to they want to keep it up they want to pursue it so mm. the plan they come up with is they go to they go to monterey mexico right mm. that's where I said magdalena and elizor were living right yes yeah yep. and unclear how they locate magdalena and her brother but they do locate her mm-hmm. and proposition for her <laughs> Basically, I, I don't know why the Hernandez brothers even thought this would work, but they're going to introduce yet another uh, god figure or goddess. In Monterey. Well, they they find her in Monterey. Magdalena right. agrees to this plan because oh she's been working as a prostitute for quite some time now, and right, probably yeah, she's she's seen everything that life has to offer. Yeah. That that job so she's ready for something new and her brother goes along with it so they move to or they travel to Yerba Buena and the Hernandez brothers introduce their their subjects to Magdalena and at least two sources say she was introduced with a through a smoke screen which basically just means like I, I can only picture it as one of the just a really cheap magic trick where you're just you know poof yeah. smoke. And yeah. she walks through it from like behind a rock or something for sure but this is enough because i don't know i guess if you're poor and illiterate you'd fall for something like that maybe yeah. no, or, I just, or you're gullible these people yeah it's hard not to yeah it's worth remembering that even the uh very literate and smart People in Japan, many of them uh, were totally willing to go along with the really equally nutty claims made by uh, Om Shimrikyo. Om Shimrikyo, yeah, our old friend. Yep, so it's, yeah, it's more than just being poor and illiterate. There's also desperation, I suppose. Yeah. Apparently they were pretty empty inside there. Yeah. Something. So now they've got a new goddess. And in fact, she claims to be an Aztec goddess. Kind of mix it. <laughs> I guess it didn't matter. I mean, because uh, the Incas were from, uh, based out of Peru. Right. Yeah. yeah, they're down south. Uh, Magdalena is claiming, claiming to be an Aztec goddess. That's 
closer to home. Yeah, right. Well, it just really works for her. Exactly. Somehow. This is so works. fucked up. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> so what makes... Something that makes her unique is uh, it's generally said, again, in my constantly repeating themselves sources, that she was one of the very few sexually motivated serial killers. Huh. That's and, weird. And there's, and I think that might just be assumed because, uh, well, there's a lot of sex going on. That was the Hernandez brothers' main thing, and that continued. The orgies, right? The orgies continued apace. Yeah. And she now she was kind of directing them, and at, at some point, her brothers there also, yeah. and the her brothers take a demotion. They're now high priests of this cult. And Wait, as is hold, hold on. So, the cops went to Mont to Mont oh, to Monterey with that kid. Did they find? Now did, did they find no. the? Fast forward. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, just want to make Okay. We're still in roughly that we're 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 in before that, but it's still within a year. Oh, okay. Is, okay. Yeah, this is uh, either we're in early 1963. Hernandez brothers might have arrived in late 1962 or something like that, but okay. Short span of time. Sure. So now Magdalena's on the scene and they're having the orgies, but <laughs> not everyone is completely happy with the new goddess. Two mm. people uh, townspeople are sick of it and they want out. They want no more part of it. Yeah. This is brought to Magdalena's attention, as are these two people. Yeah. So, well, you can guess what happens next. Yeah. I can, I can guess. They're punished for their lack of faith. Uh huh. In the form of a lynching. She directs the other cultists to mm. guys. Interesting. And so, Apart from, well, this is the first outright murder we've had, and Magdalene yeah. is really, he's really into the whole thing, <laughs> and say that she she got into it so much that she started to truly believe that she was an Aztec goddess. Oh God! I, well, I have no idea if that's true or not because the sources don't really uh, give any reason to believe this, like that they have this insight into her. Her inner thoughts maybe she she was just so convincing that it seems like she believed it yeah uh, it seems to me she could have uh she's at least probably smarter than the townspeople here oh, she could have appreciated this scam and obviously. the fact that yeah probably for the first time in her life she's now as far as uh sex things go she's now calling the shots mm-hmm. and she's a big fan of that this is in Monterey still? No, this Monterey is, uh, I'm guessing, uh, I don't know how large it is. Yeah. yeah big city, I think. Oh, so this is back Specifically, this is in a cave in Yerba Buena. Oh, that's right, in a cave. Yeah, that's oh. outside this small town. Okay, so that's right. Okay. They're in the remote. Uh, remote area. Yes. And she's now had these two guys lynched. Oh, and, yeah. So the this sets off a an obvious chain reaction where she likes this, so she wants to do more of it. Mm. So now 
anytime anyone shows any kind of disloyalty Lynch. or disagreement, they're next on the chopping block. <laughs> Literally. And now, so which causes all the other town town people, or I guess we could say cultists. Yeah. So now they're in sort of a contest to see who can be the most the most loyal, the most enthusiastic about their new Aztec goddess, because they would rather not be murdered. Well, I mean, if if it was me, I would just like, regardless of what I thought of her, I might I I would just be quiet and I want to I want to live. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I would do. Common sense. Being, but, but on the other hand, if if everyone else there is singing and yelling the praises of the the Aztec goddess, you don't want to be the quiet one because then you're oh, next. That's true. Okay. And of course, there's escalation because lynching is, well, pretty gruesome. But you yeah. can't get the nickname the High Priestess of Blood. <laughs> by yeah. So there is there's bleedings and there is vampirism. People uh, are bled and, and let's see, Magdalene and the high priests get to uh, swill down this blood and then it gets shared with the other cult members. Mm. Who, who I believe she, gets, she has to do the the killings themselves. So now they're all. They're all part of it. Oh, okay. Guilty of the murders as she is. Right. Now, quick question before you go on. Um, sure. Where are the bodies uh, disposed of? Do you know? Or burned? Or do you know what happened to the bodies? Uh, no. Well, uh, I don't know where they, they were disposed of exactly. But yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, they could have just stuck them anywhere in that cave and they wouldn't mm. be found for a long time at least not under normal circumstances there are bodies recovered eventually oh yeah the number is well i'll tell you in a bit okay so eventually it escalates to the point where in true aztec fashion uh people are having their hearts removed mm. while, while still alive oh god yeah, that's yeah. Mm. But you knew it was going there when she decided when she declares she was an Aztec yeah, goddess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, well, I'll tell you right now the the number of bodies eventually found and connected with being killed by this cult is eight. That's it, huh? Yeah, and so the first two were lynched. And it, it keeps saying that there's this big escalation in the types of murders, but really that escalation would have had to occur over the course of only four murders. So yeah, you know, I feel like that's just another thing that uh, gets said on some of these sources, web pages, documentaries, right? And then repeated over and over again. Yeah. But at any rate, so now we've we've moved from Last Crusade to Temple of Doom territory. Mm-hmm. But now back to Last Crusade and this boy. Yeah. And the cop. They are now they both are crawling up to this cave on uh on their elbows or hands and knees and fade to black. They are not seen alive again. What? Yeah, it's quite a twist. 
twist, a, a, a not Spielberg like twist. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. Brave, this this brave child, he gets it. Yep. But it's things have been set in motion and it's it's the end of the road for this cult because now the police realize that uh, their their officer Martinez has not returned. Mm-hmm. So they all and including apparently seems strange, but they called the army in. The Someone army. Said, yeah. Uh, huh. So they and I guess maybe the kid said what what cave or what mountain to look in. So they find the place. They find the cultists. Right. And there is a shootout, which surprised me because I didn't picture these guns. These were illiterate people owning guns at all. Right. Quite surprising to me. Yeah. But so it has been reported to me. And so <laughs> I. Okay. So the end of the Hernandez brothers. One of them dies in the shootout with the police. Mm. The other one gets offed by a cultist who is displeased with with him personally and or just the whole the whole deal generally. So he got one of them. So the region. gods are no more. No, uh, they were just high priests at that point. Oh, they're high priests now. Oh God. Oh, okay. And they find the six, they find the bodies, they find the six cult members who had been sacrificed, and they also find the police officer and the boy, uh, perhaps dismembered, perhaps with their hearts ripped out. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, it's, some people say so, and, uh, it's definitely quite creepy because you know what? If you're watching the story, you definitely expect at least the boy to survive. Maybe the police officer dies heroically, yeah. You know, protecting him, but nope, nope. They kill both of them. Yeah. So there's a shootout. They kill. Uh, many cultists are shot by police. Un- unsure if any police are killed by cultists, but the police win, of course. Of course. What does it remind me of it. Reminds me of. Uh, that's I guess the the shout with the the cultists in Call of Cthulhu, but that's that's in Louisiana. That's that's way. Mm. Off topic. Yep. But it does remind me of that. So, and mm. Magdalena and her brother are not found. They are found later in a farm with a shitload of marijuana. Oh, so they got drugs now. Okay. Oh, well, you know what? Now, I erred. Oh. I left important detail, which does explain... Correction corner. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's a whole bunch of peyote and marijuana being smoked here. Oh, okay. In the cave and so forth? Peyote probably definitely helps these townspeople, you know, believe a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So that, that helps the process along. And... Now, I'm not sure where they're getting all this from since that stuff costs money. Yeah. And they don't really have any money. They're just kind of exchanging their bodies, basically. Right. But it's a, it's a good detail. Yeah. Another good detail is the Aztec goddess that Magdalena is claiming to be not just any Aztec goddess. Yeah. But in fact, one called 
the mother of gods <laughs> responsible for giving birth to, in addition to gods, uh, the stars and the moon. So a pretty big deal in hmm. the Aztec god game. Oh, yeah. I mean, a heavy hitter. Uh, her I mean, name... She's no Khaleesi. But... <laughs> she's no Khaleesi, mother of dragons, but, you know. Well, uh, I don't know. I think, I mean, Khaleesi never gave birth to, like, stars or the moon. True. It's true. And stuff, but... Yeah. And she didn't give birth to any gods either. <laughs> it's been, yeah. It's, it's been too long. I hope that next season, the last season's good. Yeah. But anyway, Aztec God S. Uh, her name looks like Coach Leku. It's C-O-A-T-L-I-C-U-E. I don't know what the actual pronunciation is. Yeah. One of her other nicknames, or other nicknames for this goddess is She Who Has a Skirt of Snakes. In addition to that, she has a necklace of hearts, hands, and skulls. And her face, which is the best part, this this is a pretty awesome looking goddess, really. Yeah. This is two serpents facing each other, and in between there's it's just a big spurt of blood from her because her head is missing. Oh, her head's missing. Yeah. So her face is formed just like uh, between these two facing serpents, and it's just a big spout of blood coming from that. That's just so metal. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it is unbelievable, but it's awesome. Yeah. So she picked a good one, Magdalena. Oh, yeah. And then everyone has to go through the court system. The cultist townspeople get, uh, let's see, they get about 30 years. So wait, so so the cops found the bodies, right, and they arrested them and all that? They did. They found eight bodies. That's right. Okay. Proceed. And the, the, the cultists get 30 years, I guess, a piece. Mm. Maybe there's, maybe that's the average, but that's about what they get. 30 years. Okay. Magdalena and her brother get 50 years, which is... Uh, well, the weird thing is, all right, well, one weird thing is, even after the sentences have been handed down, the cultists don't say anything to the police. They don't testify against Magdalene and her brother. Hmm. Because I guess they're true believers, maybe. Hmm. Hard to say what's going through their heads. You know, if they all did 30 years without saying anything. It's 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 a little surprising that all right. but thirty years has been over for a long time. This, right, this went down in sixty three. So ninety three, sixty three. I mean, yeah, right. ninety three is when they would have gotten out. So a long right. time. Magdalene and her brother got fifty years, which means so, they would have gotten thirteen. Yeah. Mm, yes. And there's, I didn't know, I didn't read anything about them either dying in prison or them <laughs> getting out. So that's interesting. Question mark there. I, I suspect that information must be out there, but 
Wikipedia. Uh, must must tell the Yeah. So I Don't, feel like uh, hold, this, on. hold on. Spell, spell her first name again. Sorry? Spell her first name. Her first Magdalena. Magdalena. Oh so, Solace. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. And I do think Magdalena is an awesome name. I do too. Yeah. So as I kind of hinted at the end of the my portion of the last podcast, I, I think this does function as a, a nice prequel to the Adolfo Costanzo story. There's the the cult, basically the blood sacrifice in Mexico. Yeah. And uh, it also kind of, to me, I don't know, I feel like it's connected to the Robert Rodriguez movie from Dust Till Dawn. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? I have not, no. All right. Well, it's you saw you've got the picture of the young Magdalena. Yeah. There is a little bit you you could see Salma Hayek playing her, right? Oh yeah. Uh huh. And then from Dust Till Dawn, she plays a uh, well, they're vampires. Mm. So obviously she does drink blood, and she kind of turns into a snake creature. Wow. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a recurring these are all recurring motifs and all but I I just I enjoy the connection yeah and I I feel like uh, with a little bit of uh, maybe retrofitting the Selma Hayek could uh, basically play this character and uh, somehow it, it would be possible to transition to the Adolfo Costanzo in the eighties oh yeah. Faux show. Um, one, one, thing, one thing I, I, I found on it. Yeah, I was thinking about about her getting, you know, about her getting out or whatever. But um, all I do, all I do show is that it's very vague. But it says several ex cultists after they got out of jail talked about their experiences from the cult. Maybe one of their podcasts you can find out what they said about the about their experience with the cult in the future right, well, podcast, possibly. All right. Well, it must be out there. I mean, hell, they got out a long, long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. As usual, it's, uh, yeah, we can see if we can delve deeper here. And yeah. speaking of, I still haven't heard anything else about our, you remember our Russian cannibals from, uh, a, a few episodes back. Oh yeah, still haven't heard a damn thing about them. And, oh really? And I not that I, I listen to. I try to I try to listen to a, an array of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I still haven't specifically about serial killers and such, and I still haven't heard anyone else talking about them either. Yeah. As far as I know, I wasn't. You know, I, I was worried that I was being scammed. That this, this story yeah. is just too freaking crazy. To be true, but I don't yeah. know anything about it being completely made up either. Right. So, another thing I would like to learn more about. Absolutely. But that's all I know. Oh boy, yeah. we, we better wrap it up within forty-five minutes, or else this will not become a Friday the Fourteenth podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. I just have my last one. Uh, it's uh, this is a truly horrifying one. You've told me. There's 
it's horrifying. There's fuck ups down the road. Mm. Um, from I'll get into it. Uh, I highly, highly recommend this documentary. You can find it if you like people on YouTube. On the, it's called serial document serial killer Do- documentary um, channel, and it's on Richard Ivonitz. He's a he's a very unknown, lesser known, I would say, serial killer. We will find out that he's pretty fucked up. Mm. Um, but. So let me just find out when he was born. I forgot where he was born. Um, hold on, sorry. Okay, I missed that. I missed that part of it. Um, Richard Ivanovitz, um, uh, basically, in uh, on July 29th, nineteen sixty-three, in Columbia, South Carolina. That that that'll be good to know for the end of this pod, end of this story here. Columbia, South Carolina is something you want to think about going forward. So, um, anyways, uh, so, um, let's see, yeah. So Robert Richard Ivanitz, September on September eighth, nineteen ninety six. So it's very recent. Not that, but it's pretty recent compared to yours, I guess. Um. Girl, a girl goes missing in Spotsylvania, Spotsylvania Virginia, uh, while doing her homework on her front porch in her front yard. This was sixteen-year-old Sophia Silva. Uh, police went door door to door to see if they could find any leads. No luck. There, there's no there's no um screams nothing no forced entry nothing it was you know it was all the same it was all fine now the the, the next day uh police hand uh had all hands on deck helicopters divers try, try to find her body um so a month later october 14th 1996 Sophia was found in a creek in the next town over, uh, wrapped in a blue moving blanket and uh, wrapped in a rope. Mm. So kind of weird, um, kind of a weird sadistic thing to, you know, how to be, you know, like that, but that's what it is. Um, no evidence of a struggle, no screams. She may have left w- w- willingly with this person and so forth. Now, the na- now with the neighbors' interviews, one name kept popping up people's minds. That was uh, Carl Rausch, who has a criminal history and lived down the street from Sophia. Hmm. Now, police wanted to do a lie detector test on Carl, but he declined. Um, but they did search his car and and apartment they found a blue a blue blue moving blankets and rope mm. which was the same thing they found with Sophia's body so oh yeah this guy's the guy you know obviously right, right hearing yeah but 
Here we go. <laughs> so the Virginia Crime Lab comes back, and everything matches they what they had um, to match Mr. Carl Rausch, or so they thought. So he was placed in jail for violating his probation on a shop on a shoplifting charge. <laughs> so. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. Uh, May 1st, 97. So, about a year later, two girls went so two girls went, went missing. They're sisters. Um, not, and they were not far from where Sophia went, went missing. Christian and Katie Lisk, ages 15 and 12, were found dead five days later by the same highway. Well, they're found by they're found by some highway workers found in a blue moving blankets and rope again so now it can't be him because he's in jail you know mm-hmm. so so we're like okay now we're back to square one uh so no forced entry nothing nothing misplaced sounds familiar yes uh local police sent fibers from the from Carl Roush's to the FBI and it comes out that nothing matched at all. Nothing matched at all. So was he just awaiting trial this whole time? Or he was in jail for violating his... His, his parole. Probation. probation, yeah. He's just in there for, for shoplifting. He, he, he goes to, to jail for a year for probation. and he, Just because he, wanted, he thought he was the guy. And now he's in there for a year because of this whole matter. You know? Mm-hmm. So... The Virginia Crime Lab fucked everything up. So everything they said that came back positive came back nothing at all matched. Not one thing matched at all. Not one. Not one little thing matched. Everything was negative. Mm. And an expert on the documentary I watched said that the person who did the crime or whatever you know, the uh, testing, they wanted to get this guy so bad that, that this has to be, this, this is a mess. This is a mess. So it's, it's, I think she, I think they forged, they forged the test results to what they wanted to, you know, to get, a, to get, you know, a good result, I guess, you know, but anyways, we move forward into our, in our, into our story. Um, let's see. Square one. Okay. Apparently because nothing matched. Yeah. So the analyst who made the mistake was fired, obviously. And the charges for a call were dropped, obviously. So he's the charges for uh, murder were dropped. So he's still in jail for the shoplifting. <laughs> oh, fucking police. Okay. All right. Um, so the FBI crime lab comes back and says, Fibers found on Sophia matches to Katie and Christ and Christ and Christine Lisk. So, so they all. So now we know that they're both linked together. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not isolated. They're not different. They're all the same person. Did it, so they know that. Um. So, at that point, parents didn't let their kids out of their sight. The town was on edge, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Now, 
a nationwide task force was under was put together by the FBI and underway nation nationwide task force um but f- 5 years later in Columbia South Carolina where this guy w- was born so since now he's back what's that where it all began well yep where it all began as as where he was born but so on June 24th, 19, sorry, 2002, 2002, uh, 15-year-old Kara Robinson goes missing. Now, this is where it gets really, really good here. Um, so while she was watering her friend's plants in, in their yard, but this time there was a witness she was taken to his apartment where he raped her multiple times. Then he fell asleep and she escaped, uh, was taken to local police department. Police tracked his phone, found him in on a high, found him on a high speed chase. (laughs) Police blew out his tires. He kept driving. Uh, police, Showed up, showed up. Um, finally, to his place, they found him there again. And um, actually, the I high speed his, chase at his home. Yeah, it was his house. Uh, hmm. I missed one little detail actually. So when she left, so so this documentary, she talks about her the whole thing. It's pretty awesome. What what she went through, but so she didn't know the exact private private n- n- number that you know um that he was in but <laughs> she knew the car that he drove okay so the police went door to door to find out what what what, what they know and so they found out that it goes to this private num- this apartment goes to this car they go in there and now we're going now we're going forward in our story here right. so she, she's very smart this girl very smart 15 year old um Let's see. Oh yeah. So, well, the tire buzz tires kept driving. Police showed up. Was asked to come. So he was asked to come out peacefully. Instead, he shot himself in the mouth and killed himself. Ah. Uh... Yeah. But it gets. There's a few more things though. And then we're done here. But um, police searched his apartment and news clip, and they found news clippings from murders from Virginia from Virginia where he you know where he had murdered those girls back then uh, police found out he didn't work the days of the murder so so he wouldn't have been working murders so and then they had so much to do a day exactly exactly um, and also only you know that this girl Kara Robinson the girl who survived um, she's now a police officer too she's now a police officer hey. Yeah, absolutely. And um, she never screws up DNA evidence. Oh, no, no. And here's what happened to her. Basically, she said that she was in the in the front yard of her friend's place watering her plants. He asked her if if her her parents uh, parents were home. She goes, no. And then he puts a gun behind her back and says, be quiet. 
if you talk, I'm, I will shoot you. So he, she, she gives a very detailed account of what happened. So I, I'd very highly, highly uh, recommend watching this documentary. It's awesome. Um, and as a, so they found that, and then police found out that he didn't work. Yeah, okay. So then, so after that, um, the FBI lab, crime lab, found fibers. Um, and Christine, Christine's okay. Five years later, they found they find Christine's fingerprints on his car. In his car, mm. Mm. they were the car he he drove. Still, they were still on the steering wheel. Yeah, I'm terrible about cleaning my own car. So on this one, I don't judge. But but if you murder someone, and you're right, I don't make an exception in that case. If you, is he just a dirty guy in general? What's his, what's his place like? Is it filthy? Um, I didn't really see a description of it. Yeah, I'm I'm not aware. But as I said um, earlier, Kara she became a police officer. You know, she's a badass woman. You know. And then finally, um, Richard Ivonitz is suspected of other murders. And uh, before he died, he, he confessed crimes to his sister before taking his own life. So, um, yeah. So that's the story of Richard Ivonitz, who got the, got the easy way out, apparently, unfortunately. Yeah, that always bums me out. <clears throat> yeah, I I prefer a shank. I I prefer a good shanking in the prison. Usually, I prefer a good uh, shank story. Well, I don't know. The one time that actually happened was Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, I wasn't really a big fan. Yeah, yeah. You never never really get what you want as far as those things go. I mean, the worst criminals are people who. Do, do do this to 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 young kids. People, those are the worst criminals. Even people in prison hate you for that. Like you're the worst person ever. I always hear that, but then yeah. I don't see any results. I mean, yeah. I guess if the people are on death row. I guess that's relatively safe. At least, I mean, safe from the general prison population. They don't mix yeah. with them, so there's True. not much shanking there. Yeah. Still, I just just very disappointed with the the criminal community in general for not stepping up but this isn't really an example of that because he blew his head off before he even got to jail right yeah it's just a coward's it's a coward's way out of everything it uh really is unfortunately but uh your thoughts or thoughts on that uh uh, story there what was his uh uh, confirmed a uh, number of people he killed. Uh, four. No, three. Three. Three, but and suspected in others. And that oh, was, oh, 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 yeah. Um, he he murdered um a span a known span of three years. Hmm. And then he then he waited five years after that, but then he got caught. So. Hmm. Because they found one witness, found witness, and that's where it all went down. So it was pretty awesome. Just a lucky coincidence of a guy was guy was mowing his lawn, and he found he saw the van. He, he saw or he saw the guy's uh, car, and um, yeah, I saw what happened, and so that's was history. 
It was pretty awesome. This guy had a man too, huh? No, no, he, he no, he, he, he had a, a red, a red car. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. So the girl was able to identify the car. Presumably she was uh, blindfolded or something. Yeah. She, she had no. Yeah. She had, she was saying on the documentary, she was saying that um, she was looking around the apartment building, around his room to make sure what was around him, what, what was around her. Um, she was very, very comp, very smart. Um, Wait a second. Okay, she. So well, then she kind of knew where it was. Well, okay, so she was over and over again. But before that, like she would look around the apartment building and see what was around her, her surroundings. She she knew what mm-hmm. she she knew what car he drove, um, and she said that she was gonna let, let this little this guy take her life. She 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 would go down fighting, you know, and she did, and she would and she was handcuffed to the bed, gagged, but her hands were so small that she got out of the handcuffs. Uh, wow. So this guy is well. He I guess, guess he just didn't think of that. That's and, stupid. Yeah. If you're gonna. Vic- little girls should probably keep in mind that they are little right and so he was sleeping he was snoring pretty loud pretty you know pretty you know pretty loudly um she made one little step and she heard him string around so i'm around so then, so then she stopped but then she heard him snoring again so he it was a very close call there too and the and the door she went into was barricaded off so she, she had to go, go through a window and, but she got out, you know, in time. So, um, as I said, I, re- I recommend this documentary. I highly recommend this documentary. It's a pretty amazing story. Um, okay. Her account is well, amazing, too. Yeah, I want to know, well, why she wasn't able to identify his place since she escaped well, from it. Well, because they look, they look the same. I mean, they all look the same apartment complex. Um. They look all the same, but she she knew the uh, she yeah. she knew the area of where, he, but she didn't know the exact apartment that it was though. Hmm. But 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 she yeah she found um, uh, car across the street, and so she she went in the car with him to the little, little police base station, then I went from hmm. there. But um, yeah, she she knew of the of the of the general area, but she didn't know what the, the exact number though. Okay. She was too busy um, running Same. for her life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but but yeah, she was. You know, she was. She's amazing, uh, phenomenal. Um, just a great story to tell. I I enjoyed it very much. So. Yeah. I like her. Oh, she's beautiful. Like beautiful, 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 beautiful girl, too. Beautiful. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Blonde. Do yeah. we know anything about his uh, uh, motivations besides being a, a sex pervert in general? Like uh, his inner world, with the, why he, you know, wanted to do this instead of attempting, uh, you know, a normal relationship with a woman of age? Um. 
nothing was brought up in the documentary about his about about his family life at all or about anything like that you know it was just um just what i told you so i'm not really sure what was the cause or effect or what why he pursued this this avenue huh well obviously he didn't want to talk about it because he killed himself well i told his sister but she well yes i bet she could provide some answers if she wanted to talk but no no i doubt she won't talk about it so uh that's rather uncool of her because he's still you know he's still a suspect of other murders still in the you know so oh, and that makes her like his accomplice an accessory well at least an accomplice in keeping his secrets yeah yeah withholding information yeah exactly exactly well um it is 11:37 so we made it we we made, we we made, we made it through um 13th just fine looks like on this podcast yes and do you have any and the podcast did not like shut down or another any other way screw up the whole time so uh i guess it was not an unlucky friday the 13th <laughs> absolutely um do you have, do you have any f- 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 final thoughts from today's events here ah <sighs> Well, uh, now I'm just thinking, you know, it's actually been a fairly pleasant day. Yeah. So. Can't believe everything. Hey, didn't you have a clip for us? Oh, that that that, that that'll be um, when oh when you when the together. podcast right. goes up, you'll hear um, hilarious stand-up comic Dan Cummins from from Spokane. Uh, he's he's a national comic national comic, but yeah, he has a great clavel great. Bit, bit about serial killers it's pretty amazing you'll you'll love it all right well then i will look forward to that a nice job supporting the local artists oh yeah absolutely um well um again this was episode 106 thanks for um listening subscribing and obviously supporting talk to you next time